She's Lisa, a web designer and developer who's addicted to coffee and allergic to doing dishes. He's Jesse, a podcast editor who's addicted to video games and allergic to vegetables. And this is Company Inc., a podcast about love at work. And welcome to the next episode of Company Inc. All right. And in this one, we are talking about what we have called feast and famine. It's not what we have called it. It's what like everybody calls it. Really? I thought we made that up. Oh my God. We are not special. We're not? No. You're telling me this now? Yeah. Oh man. I've been thinking this whole time. That, like, you came up with that term and we've been using it, like, exclusively? You're wrong. Oh, my world has just been shattered. What is this? Everything I know is a lie? (laughs) This is terrible. Sorry. Anyway, moving on. So, why don't you go ahead, since you are so informed about feast and famine uh why don't you go ahead and give your definition of what is feast and famine so if you're familiar with the freelance business life Uh uh-huh free or priest 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 feast or famine is the idea that you either have a lot of work coming in or nothing coming in. So basically you're feasting on a lot of food or you have nothing. You're starving. You're starving. Yep. That's, that's about as basic an explanation as you're going to get, but I think it does it well. Yeah. So what did feast and famine look like for you when you, when it was just you? When it was just me, you know, honestly, I didn't really experience feast or famine as much when it was just me. Okay. It wasn't as extreme. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really, I guess, notice those periods as much. Um, I think in the beginning, it was more... My bigger problem was ensuring that I had enough work to pay the bills. It wasn't necessarily that I didn't have work at all, really, Mm -hmm. or that I had, like, super slow periods. It was just um, that I really wasn't charging enough. Mm -hmm. So I was charging so little that I could do tons of work and still not pay the bill right <laughs> or right, still right. struggle to, to hit the mark on paying my bills and as i raised my rates then i struggled less to hit that mark so mm-hmm. um i eventually as i completed more work and my portfolio grew i was able to book more work and book out further in advance. Um, and so I tended to have less famine cycles, I guess you would say. Sure. 
I think in the early years of my business, I gradually built up enough referral business that I was able to get a pretty steady flow of business. That's good. Coming in. And then I was able to build kind of a wait list Mm -hmm. to help protect against that kind of famine cycle. Cool. So that was just for you when you were alone. So let's talk about what it looked like when it became the two of us. When it became the two of us, we needed more income Mm -hmm. month to month. Right. And therefore needed more work to sustain us. Right. So when that work was in decline, it kind of exasperated the feast, or I'm sorry, the famine feel of it. Right. It was when, when, since we needed more, when there was less, it had a much bigger impact. Right. So you just got done saying that, you know, your feast and famine times where there was differences, they weren't big differences there wasn't a giant gap between your feast times and your famine times but when there was two of us when the work did decline it was like oh this hurts this is bad right we felt it like it, it was we felt it like immediately you know I think the other thing, too, is there's a difference in my business model between when I was working alone and when we were working together. So when I was working alone, I was primarily, I was offering design and development. Right. By the time we started working together, I had mostly phased out design projects. Actually, I think by the time we were working together, I wasn't offering design projects at all. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's correct. Um, You know, the development part of my business had grown so much that and I had honestly I'd gotten burned out on the design portion that I wanted to make the shift to development only. Um, But the problem with that is that I was then relying on other designers to bring me work. Mm -hmm. Whereas with design, I could book directly with a client. Right. And so I think that also contributed to the feast or famine issues that we had Mm -hmm. because with, you know, design services, I never really experienced it as much on my own when I was offering design services because I could book new design clients pretty easily on my own. Right. I would have a steady flow of leads coming into my inbox that I had the power to book directly with development projects. 
it just depends on what what you're pulling from a smaller uh i guess pool of projects mm-hmm. you don't really have clients reaching out directly to you because the clients the end client the end user of the website isn't really looking specifically for a developer it's the designer who doesn't want to code the site that is looking for a developer and then designers are all they all have their different systems they all have different ways of working with developers you know some might have a preferred developer and um you know with those designers i'm able to get study work if i'm able to get if i'm able to be the preferred developer for a designer then i can get a reliable stream of projects from that designer but if that designer, you know, takes a break from projects, then, you know, I'm suddenly not getting projects from that designer. Right. And then, you know, other designers might send out a request for proposal to three different developers at once. And then there's no guarantee that I'm going to get that project. So it's, it's widely variable. Yeah. Widely unpredictable. So I think that also contributed to the volatility, I guess, of our beast and famine cycles Mm -hmm. is that I couldn't reliably predict the inflow of projects as I could with design. Right. So it was kind of like, I know this wasn't the case, but it's kind of like you have all your eggs in this basket. Um, you know, you have these developers i mean designers who are giving you all this work and it's like there's you know you put all your eggs in that basket if that basket goes away it's like oh whoa what do i do Mm -hmm. you know we've also made this comparison to like um a real world situation in which people were building their businesses on a different platform a platform that wasn't theirs like, I think this happened with Pinterest, right? Mm-hmm. People were building their businesses. It's over... happening with Instagram now. I mean, is it happening? Are, okay. I didn't know that. People are building their entire businesses on Instagram. and Yeah. And it's like, that's not your platform. You know, you don't have control over that platform. Just as like you don't have any control on what, what business, how much business these designers take in. And if they're even going to use you for it. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of the same thing when you have that aspect of this part is out of my control. Well, we saw firsthand how that affected your business. You know, if the designers just don't need you. And that was like you said, you were doing only development work. Well, then it's like, well, bye bye money, you know, bye bye reliable income. and. So, like, that's what happened on Pinterest. People were making money off the affiliate links. They built their business uh, on relying on that platform. And then, boop, one day they flipped the switch and you can't make money off this stuff now. And people's businesses disappeared overnight. Their their reliable income disappeared overnight. Now, our situation obviously wasn't that bad. But, you know, 
it was it was just one day, you know, we're going to flip the switch. Oh, well, there goes your income. So. Uh, so let's talk about. How. You had mentioned, I believe, in the last episode, you had talked about your. Team shop and you had talked about some retainer clients. This is recurring income. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about. I mean, it might be pretty obvious, but let's talk about how that helped mitigate. I mean, it didn't solve it, but it helped mitigate the damage that the famine cycle was doing. Yeah. So with the retainer clients, we know how much money is coming in each month from them. Right. It's a guaranteed amount. Mm-hmm. of income and so they're basically their um support clients that have signed on for monthly support work or quarterly mm-hmm. support work um plug-in updates um design updates um that i will code for them and um things like that and um So I know based on what is being built out each month for that work, that that amount of income is always coming in. Yeah. And that gives me a baseline to work with that, you know, even if, even if projects fall through, even if, we're not able to book new projects. Well, that retainer income's there. Right. It's not going away. Right. And when, when we talk about, you know, just providing for myself, that goes a long way towards ensuring that I can cover myself. Mm-hmm. So as we're kind of moving towards you know, you having a job that covers your half of the bills. Well, I have, I have retainer income that mostly takes care of my half of the bills. So then I don't have to worry about booking that much extra work to make sure that my half of the bills are covered. Where we get into trouble is trying to make sure that two people have their half of the bill or have their have the bills covered. Correct. So even with even if I had, you know, if I get this job and I got the steady paycheck coming in and my side of things, as long as I have that job are taken care of and then some, you know, you still have the aspect of. You know, you still could experience the feast and famine cycle. Hopefully not. You know, hopefully you start rolling with whichever direction you're going to go and it works out and that's great. So, but um, uh, to have that, that reoccurring income, just, it's so much easier if it's just you for that to cover you. And on top of that, you also have. The theme shop. Right. And so we know now that um, we're currently not taking, 
currently not getting regular payments from. Mm-hmm. Right. Because um, it's still growing. Right. So, and we still but you know, reinvest some into the business. Sure. But we do still get payouts from it so that... It's just another thing that helps. Right. It's it's that, you it know... It ensures, you know, that I can spend time working on new products for that business to help it grow even further so that it can make even more income to lead to less other work that I have to do. Right. To meet that number that I need to make each month. Yep. Cool. So that helps. Obviously it's going to help us in the future. It was, you know, I know that kind of stuff had already been in plans before kind of we even took a downturn, which was smart thinking because when, um, you know, you'd have those things in place when the famine came around again. So with kind of talking about thinking about putting something in place to be able to help you, I kind of want to talk about the motivations and the mindset that can you can get into when you're experiencing both feast and famine. And I can tell you for myself that when we hit the first famine, you know, it was like, damn, we need multiple streams of income because we had one at that time. Like the first, the first time mm-hmm. we experienced the famine. Cause I, I believe at that point it was one little Avenue. Well, it wasn't little, it was enough to support us both, but we had one Avenue mm-hmm. of income. And once that famine hit, it was like, Oh, we need more than one. Whether it's me getting, you know, uh, my business off the ground, which I think we were still looking at, you know, the it thing back then. Or whether it's, you know, you setting up, uh, you know, the recurring, you know, clients, taking on clients, stuff like that, or not not retaining clients, you know, getting retainer payments. And so I really feel that when we were in those famine, the famine portion, the famine side, that it really sparked like innovation. It was sparking these ideas like, what can we do? What can we, what avenues can we explore? Can we go down so that the next time this happens, because we were just assuming it'll probably happen again. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of like the nature of things. It's a roller coaster. You go up, you go down. Life's a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. You know, you never know what's going to happen. So, you know, you hope for the best, but the other half of that is you prepare for the worst. Mm -hmm. And that's what we wanted to do. And I think a lot of great ideas came from that. And, um, you know, one of the ideas was my business. Well, that idea started to evolve during this time. I think it Mm -hmm. was during that time. When Actually, we were, I think we even started this podcast during the famine, our first famine I cycle. Think so I think you're right. And um, 
Yeah, because we were going to, we had the idea to start your business. And I said, we should start a podcast as a way to, you know, show the work that you can do, but also just talk about, you know, the issues that we've been facing. Right. As we've been dealing with all of this. Mm hmm. And that's, I think that was the point where it was like, well, why don't I just do this? Why, why don't I, you know, that was fun. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember after, you know, we started doing it, it was like, this is kind of fun. You know, we should keep doing it. And then it was like, maybe I could get paid for editing audio. You know? No, and- I think you were already thinking about editing audio at that point because you had already been editing my. Oh, that's right. You're right. I had edited video. the videos, which, yeah with you and yeah yeah that's right so it was the famine part of it like really i mean it kind of really pushed us to think kind of outside of our the current box we were living in you know and on the opposite side of that during the feast side when we were busy it was like that urgency to come up with something new or that you know even the desire to kind of like take on something different or explore a different avenue just wasn't at the forefront of our minds so an example i can give to this is when we had our first downturn in business we were trying to think of more avenues to go down and things like that. And we came up somewhat some with some ideas and then things got busy again. So all these ideas that we kind of came up with, they were still written down, but they just kind of stayed there where we last put them. And we got focused on the work because, Hey, money, right? Mm-hmm. Money was going to start coming in again. If we start working on this stuff. So let's get after it. And we did. And I think, I mean, I got comfortable. I know I did with mm-hmm. like the amount of work that was coming in and me working at my desk again and getting stuff done. I was like, oh, okay, this is great again. Cool. I'm going to go with this, going to go headlong into this and do my best and help Lisa out and she can start paying me again. And great. Cool. Awesome. Well, unfortunately, what I should have been doing was splitting my time between getting the work done for you and getting the stuff for my business done so we can have an official launch. Mm-hmm. And mind you, during this time, I was doing projects. I had a few things in there that I was doing because I think you had advertised somewhere on Facebook and I, you know, I actually did work. I was doing work for my business, even though it wasn't like, I didn't have an official website, you know, there was no, you know, grand opening open Mm -hmm. for business type, you know, (laughs) thing that happened, but it existed. You know, I was doing business under that name. I had done all the legal stuff to get the name and blah, 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 whatever. So it existed, just not in a very public capacity. So my mistake was that I didn't put more time into it than I should have knowing Well, I mean, we didn't know, but there was a pretty good idea that the famine was going to come back around and the whole plan was to have other stuff in place 
so that it didn't hurt so bad. You know, when it came around again and we're like, oh, guess what? We got no work again. Okay, great. Yeah, fun times. Ugh, I'm going to go cry in the bathroom. <laughs> but, I think from my perspective, like, I, I had, I mean, I'd been at it for so many years at that point. Um, I'd been in business for so long at that point that, like, once things got busy again, I just wanted to do the work. I didn't want, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I didn't want to put in extra hours. Right. I, I wanted to do what needed to be done to make the money. And be done. And be done. I didn't want to put in the extra hours because I had already done the 12 hour days in the beginning. Right. And I didn't want to do 12 hour days anymore. And that was, I kind of remember kicking myself after the fact when we did hit the famine again. And it was like, I understood your perspective. You paid your dues. You know, that because I mean that you've been saying it, you know, I've paid my dues. I shouldn't have to do you know, the 12 hour days anymore. And I totally get it. And then in my head, I was going, damn, I really haven't paid my dues. I should be putting in the 12 hour days. I should have been doing the work for you. And then after that, I should have been working on my business. So when the famine hit again, it might've already been established for, I mean, I could have probably had it done for six months before we hit the downturn even. Mm -hmm. And I was, God, I kicked myself. I still kind of do. I kick myself so hard about that. Cause I like the famine hit again. And I look back to all the time, you know, I was doing work for you, obviously, but I look back at those months and I were, I mean, months, maybe a year's worth of months where it was like, what the hell was I doing? Why wasn't, why, why? Why wasn't I working on this, this avenue that is completely separate from what you were doing? It would be a completely separate stream of income if it got rolling, which could help us now. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't there. Why wasn't it there? Because I didn't work on it. God, you can tell. You can probably tell. I'm still frustrated with myself about it. God, I should have done it. I should have done it. If you're listening to this and you're putting off that great idea, that business you want to start, don't put it off. Work on it. Do it now. You won't regret it. Like me. I'm regretting it. I'm regretting it. Because in my head, it's kind of like getting the job is my punishment. Getting the day job is my punishment for not working on my business that I should have worked on. You know what I'm saying? Because if I did, if I worked on the business and got it going... If it at least gotten a little bit like we were even saying, like if my business was just able to bring in some money to where it wasn't 100% on you, even if it was 80% on you, 20% on me, that's not 100% on you. I mean, granted, that probably wouldn't be enough. It might have been. We don't it, know. Uh, yeah, we don't know. It might have been. Except it wasn't even that. It wasn't even an 80-20 split. It was 100% on you and 0% on me. And that's simply because I didn't get it done. So that's my fault. I take 100% responsibility. See how, that, how I switched? You had 100% you had of the work. 
or a hundred percent of the responsibility for the money, but it was a hundred percent my responsibility to make sure it wasn't a hundred percent your responsibility. <laughs> Does that make sense? I'm probably confusing the hell out of everybody right now, including myself. <laughs> but I mean, so this is kind of like my, my, I don't know what you want to call it. This, this is the, the, the result. This is the result. The consequence. You know, this is the consequence there. That's a great word. This is a consequence. Because, I mean, working a day job, I'm, I'm probably making it sound like it's the worst thing in the world to have a day job. I know. I mean, there's how many people have day jobs around the world. That's like the thing to do. People do it. Yeah. You don't even know. You. It's might, not. You might get it, get into it and actually love it. Yeah. You have no idea. Yeah, you're right. I have no idea. It's it's just that I'm comparing it to my current lifestyle that I've had for three plus years. Mm-hmm. With me, no alarms. I can wake up we whenever. We have an alarm. Yeah, I know we have an alarm, but it's not at 7 a.m. <laughs> you know, it's fair. It's a very relaxed alarm. I mean, in the world of society, it's a pretty relaxed alarm. I mean, I mean, that alarm is just there so that we don't sleep into the afternoon, really. Fair. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just I get to work in my pajamas. When I want lunch, I go to my own fridge. You know, I don't have a commute. I'm not in my car every day dealing with traffic. It is a very easy and comfortable lifestyle. And I'm giving that up Mm -hmm. because I have to. In order for the household to survive, I have to. And if I had just done the business, my own, if I had just put in the work to get my business to a point where I could launch it and start maybe doing some advertising, contacting some people trying to get some work. I may not have had to go down this road if I had done it. And I regret that big time because I don't want to lose this lifestyle. I love it. It's great. It's like when I had my day job at the college, this was everything I ever thought it could be. Like I knew there was a, I knew there was a different way. I just didn't know how to get it. And then I met you and you had it. And I was like, how do I get that? I ruined everything. No, I ruined everything. <laughs> I ruined everything by not keeping the job and, you know, kind of joining forces, you know. But. So, I mean, I do think it, it is. I mean, the whole situation was. All the different things that you went through. All the ups and downs and the crazy stuff. What was the what was the different factor? You had talked about how when you were alone, the feast and famine, the differences weren't that big. But then they became big. Why? Because I showed up. <laughs> I came into the picture and then all of a sudden shit went crazy. <laughs> so I kind of see it in my mind. I see it that a lot of the turmoil and the ups and the downs and the crazy junk is because I was around. It was because I came into the picture and all of a sudden I'm, you know, I'm trying to take away from the, from the big cake. I'm trying to take my own slice of the pie, that money pie, you know? And, uh, but I do like having you at home. No, well, that's nice. (laughs) And I like being home. But you know what? It's wasn't meant to be, at least for now. It wasn't it wasn't meant to be. So 
we got to this point and um so yeah that's the that's the current situation we're we're really in so um okay a couple more things before we sign off here uh one of the things is wanted to talk about how i guess we kind of already talked about this we kept prioritizing what would bring in money right now instead of thinking about the long game the big picture yeah and we kind of already kind of discussed this that when we were in famine mode that we were thinking of at those points we were thinking of bigger picture type stuff like the recurring recurring like passive income type stuff mm-hmm. like because that's what your theme shop is you know your retainer client's not totally passive you do work to retain those clients you know but yeah i i think this is kind of where my anxiety comes into play mm-hmm. because what calms my anxiety is looking in the bank account and seeing a number that's going to cover us for this month or next month or the next three months or whatever. Yeah, I can identify with that. For me, it's harder to focus on plans for the future. It's harder to be creative when I'm thinking about, when I'm worried about money. Right. So I'm naturally going to prioritize anything that's going to bring in money first. And then if I have the energy left over. Okay, well, then we can start thinking about big picture plans. Yeah, right. So when you're just focusing on bringing in money now. You have to kind of you laser focus on that. Yeah, because the anxiety is what's driving you. Mm-hmm. You want to relieve that anxiety, uh, whatever it takes. Yeah. And I can identify with that. You know, I have my own forms of anxiety. It sucks. And you spend a lot of brain power focusing on how do I get rid of it? Because mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's terrible. It can, it can really, I mean, it can, it can really throw a curveball in your thought processes to have that lingering fear or whatever you want to call it in the back of your head. I mean, that's the hardest part of any famine, any famine cycle for me is the anxiety of not knowing if we're going to be able to pay the bills where, and if we, you know, if we manage to pay the bills, well, where next month's bills coming from? And so it's just this constant worry of where's all the money coming from Mm -hmm. and so it's just this like monumental effort to get anything done yeah to get anything done even the stuff right in front of you that you know you can do and need to do right now even that is hard to focus on when you're just so worried because you're looking at your banking account and going oh god what am i gonna do yeah you know, yeah, that's a that's a crazy place to be in. So when it's like that, how could you possibly be thinking of stuff outside of your box that you're in to try to come up with new stuff? Yeah, I think you're more 
optimistic than I am. And you were definitely. Oh, yeah. More like, okay, let's come up with plans. Let's figure this out or whatever. While I'm sitting there like. I can't even do the work I have. Yeah. Because I'm so worried. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely like. Retreat. Mm hmm. Into my anxiety shell. <laughs> yeah. For me, it's like it comes and goes. Cause it's like, I know I have to check the, I, I know I have to check the bank account, but I don't want to, mm-hmm. but I know I have to. And then I look in there, I log in and I look at it and I go, Oh shit. Mm-hmm. What are we going to do? And then it's, you know, I'm pretty good with the whole out of sight, out of mind type thing. Pretty good. I'm not a hundred percent good with it, but I'm pretty good with it. I'm the type of guy that like can go to work, be at work, then come home and not think about work at all. Like I can separate the two very, very well, like for a day job, you know? And, um, so I think that's kind of the place where I've been, you know, and I've also been telling myself, you know, I'm going to kill myself if I just keep worrying about it because there's, I either have to think of a way to get out of it or just deal with it when it happens. Or else I'm just going to worry about it all the time. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be crippled by it. I don't want to be crippled by it. I want to be able to think my way out of it or save this energy that I'm feeling now trying to, you know, quell my anxiety for when the time actually comes when I need to friggin' worry about it, Mm -hmm. you know, because we're not there yet, but we will get there. It's just, you know, it's a matter of time. So I can't spend my time just being totally overrun and overwhelmed by the idea that stuff may not work out because I have to try to make it work out. Yeah. I have to use that energy to try to make it work out. So last thing I want to talk about is, you know, you talked about, um, you know, we were just talking about focus and things like that and trying to get work done. And how you used to do 12 hour days, you know, way back when you first started, you know, you were a hungry new freelancer and you're like, yeah, I can do 12 hour days because I got to make it work. You had the focus to be able to make it work at that time. But now it's a little different. And I think it's different because in order to have, you know, a healthy life, you have to maintain a balance. You don't want to be working all the time. It is unhealthy. Mm-hmm. to work all the time you got to have the work-life balance and when you get into that famine state where man you got to get stuff done it's <laughs> you have all these forces working against you you want to have the work-life balance but you got to get stuff done or come up with something that's going to get you out of the famine area and then you have your anxiety like eating up your focus too because mm-hmm. you're trying to you're trying to get rid of that so it's all these factors working together and it creates this perfect storm of crap oh yeah that is just hard to it's like trying to run through a you know a waist deep mud pit trying to get out it's a struggle it's a struggle you know i don't want to say it's like a total downward spiral that you just spiral into nothing and get you know crushed into a black hole there is a way out but it's tough it's tough to when you you're just dealing with all this stuff 
you know, you want to maintain work-life work life balance, but you got to get the work done too. And it's hard to focus on that work because things are not great. Yeah. And so... I think the other, on the flip side of that is, like, once once you get into feast mode, things are busy again. Right. And you're like, okay, so we came up with all these great ideas during, you know, when we were in famine cycle about how we can avoid this issue in the future. And we didn't have time to implement everything. So, but now we're in, in feast cycle. So we're super busy. Yeah. So you and kinda, things are super good. So yeah, you get into this, like you get into the situation where you, you have to prioritize the work that you have, but you don't want to work the 12 hour work days to, to implement a future plan as well. That's right. I kind of touched on that before where that's what I should have been doing when we were in feast mode was I should have put in my work for the day with doing what I wanted to do, or at least what I wanted to get done on the coding side of things for your business. And then I should have taken the extra time to work on my business at least a little bit. But yeah, the whole, the whole work-life balance comes into play again because you're busy. And then, but you have to have that time to relax and refresh. You can't just, the, the 12 hour days, you just can't do it. Beginning to think work-life balance is a myth. How so? That it's not attainable. Oh, not attainable. Work-life balance is a myth. Interesting. Interesting. Because I think there are times that I always want to work more. And there are times that I always want to do life more. Oh, I see. Okay, so you go through, like, phases. I never want, like, I, I find that I don't usually, I don't think that a 50-50 balance is really something that can happen mm, or that you'd okay. really even want. Yeah. So you're saying you just kind of go with how you're feeling. Yeah. Like sometimes you get into work mode and you want to work and you get in a role and maybe we have dinner and then you get back to your desk and you know, and you're like, I want to keep working. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to keep working because yeah. I feel like it because I'm feeling it, you know? Yeah. I think then, sometimes you just have to go with your mood and if you feel like working, do it. Then you just go ahead and do it. And if you feel like resting, then you just go, you go ahead, ahead and, and do it. it. Yeah. You know what? I kind of, I kind of like that. You know, it's kind of like, um, a friend of mine is a yoga instructor and you know, yoga is different for everybody, like how you do stuff. And the one thing that sticks with me that she had said to me one time while we were you know, I was actually having a session with her was that, you know, I couldn't do all the poses like she could do exactly like she could do them because she was an instructor. She'd been doing it for a while. And I remember her saying. To do what felt good for your body. 
And I took that with me like to this day. And I think this applies to this, you know, whatever your body is telling you, whatever you're feeling, you should probably go with it. I mean, in your mind, you may be like, oh my God, I worked 12 hours today. That can't be healthy. But if you were feeling it, if you were into that, I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing, you know? And, you know, if your body's telling you to rest, like, oh man, I am just not feeling the work today. First of all, if you're not really feeling the work today, you're probably not going to be putting in your best work if Mm -hmm. you do work. So think about that. And then maybe you should have a light day, you know, and don't feel too guilty about it. Like, don't beat yourself up about it. I think, I think you made a really good point right there. I think you should be listening to what your body's telling you, like how you're feeling, Mm -hmm. you know, now if you get to a point where you never feel like working, you should probably address that. I think that's a totally different problem. That's a totally different thing. You, I mean, that sounds like it could be burnout or maybe you're really not into what you're doing anymore. I think that's totally different. But if you're like Lisa over here, if you're having the different phases of, yeah, I'm in work mode, I'm feeling it, I'm into it, go with it. Just, yeah, just do it. If you want to put in the 12 hour day, do it. You know, don't let that voice in your mind, oh, in the back of your head, be like, oh, you should rest. You know, obviously takes breaks during your day, but yeah, I think that's a really good point. And I think that's where we're going to leave this episode because that was really good. I like that. That sounds good to me. That's very good. All right. Well, that'll do it for this one. Thank you guys for joining us again. Thank you. Thank you. If you um, if you have any questions for us about stuff or any other topics you'd like us to talk about, be sure to contact us. Our website at companyinkpodcast.com. Great. That'll do it. We'll see you in the next one. Bye. See ya. <laughs>